It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey guys, John Barchard here. You guys know how much I love to play fantasy football. So I need you to listen up because I want you to join the highest rated fantasy football app. It's called Draft. You get to play in a real live snake draft, but be done in under five minutes. And they last just for one week. Drafts start every couple of minutes, so you can join right now for week 13. And the best part is you get to play for cold, hard cash. And get this, your chances of winning are 80% better than on the salary cap sites, on all the DFS sites. Because you're always trying to figure out, okay, where should I start this guy, the value, and I don't have enough money to do all that stuff. It doesn't happen on draft you get a selection of every premium player you just got to be the smartest one in the room it's a six player snake draft so you get in you get out tournaments start from one dollar to a thousand dollars to everything in between three person drafts six person drafts on and on the options are limitless and all new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit all you have to use is promo code bgnr that's right play a real money game for free just by using promo code bgnr BGNR, and it gets even better. Draft is so sure that you'll love it that they are offering BGN Radio listeners a money-back guarantee up to $100. No excuses now. Just search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com and come play for free right now with promo code BGNR. edition of this week in fantasy i'm your host james seltzer as we head in to a crucial week for fantasy as it is the week before the playoffs in the vast majority of leagues 
Playoffs. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? Yes, Jim, playoffs. So hopefully we can find a way this weekend to win some games if you need to. Hopefully you're already sitting there at like, you know, eight and three or whatever it is. Eight and Let's go again. Nine and three. Nine and three would be nine and three, ten and two. Dynamite drop in money. Uh, and just cruising into the playoffs. But if you're like me in most of my leagues where I am literally alive in all of my leagues. Oh, good for you. But I am. I have one nine and three team, but the rest are seven and five, six and six, seven and five, right in there. So I need this week. I'm sure a lot of you do too. So luckily, Sigmund Bloom, after missing last week, and again, shout out to the great Neil Dutton for filling in so admirably from across the pond. But uh, luckily, Sigmund back this week and gave us like 45 minutes of awesome content, maybe the longest I've ever gone with Sigmund. Awesome stuff, a lot of fun. So less of me, more of Sigmund. Let's get to it. And as always, I'd like to welcome in our weekly guest. You can find his stuff over at footballguys.com. He is an owner there. And of course, eight days a week, the Audible podcast with Cecil Lemmy, Mr. Sigmund Bloom. Sigmund, what is up, brother? Oh, it's always good to be back. Hope everyone had a great holiday and uh, thankful thankful in some ways that you know the season is starting to wind down for those of us that are making the football donuts every week uh we can become more of fans again uh but also thankful that there's more on the line you can feel the intensity ramp ramping up the, the nfc round robin is going to get going the next few weeks it's a good time to be a football fan totally especially an eagles fan yeah. uh but uh also uh can't say that about all fans before no. we jump in you yeah. have uh, had some fun with me already this season, stomping on the Giants' grave. It appears that we were premature, uh, not in the fact that the grave was the right thing, but that it wouldn't get much, much worse. Yeah. Any thoughts on this uh, Ben McAdont, sure. uh Eli disaster? Well, it's just the values of the organization coming to the surface you know um and i think that the big picture here since i'm talking to a philadelphia audience and uh, growing up a pittsburgh fan i think the, the penguins just beat the flyers but then matt murray got hurt so i don't know if that's a net win or a loss but well the fly the flyers stink anyway I, so i always look forward to the penguins and the flyers facing off in the playoffs but yes as, a great a great uniform matchup as well so I know the the hell. I mean, I was a, an Eagles fan, a big Eagles fan in the 80s when the Steelers were down. And I know that the hell that, you know, you had the Phillies, but otherwise I know the hell that Philadelphia fans have been through. There was some of us old enough to remember Dr. J. It isn't just that the Eagles, all it's all come together. And, and let's be clear, it's all come together for the Eagles because the owner admitted he was wrong. They, they got rid of Andy Reid and basically got the closest thing to Andy Reid that they could get after having the, the Chip Kelly experience. Mm -hmm. And, and, and the, the, the team and Howie have rebuilt the team in, in that image and, and getting Jim Schwartz, uh, Frank Reich, I think they're both going to be head coaches next year, so enjoy this while it lasts. Mm. But it's almost like the Eagles are, are in, a, in a, almost a vampire way taking the essence of – the Redskins and the Giants and the Cowboys is they're all withering and all of their flaws are coming to the surface now. Uh, you know, the Cowboys have turned into worse than the Quincy Carter Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> 
Washington, while it's still a very competitive team, is ha- has handled the Kirk Cousins situation in the worst possible way, right? If you've had Kirk Cousins as your starter for this many years and you still need five more games to decide, you're basically telling him that you're not wanted here. Uh, and then this giant situation, which I think when you when you see players coming out of the woodwork to say that Eli was done wrong, and let's be fair. <laughs> Uh, for Eli to end up with the Giants to begin with, he had to quit on a team. He quit on the Chargers. But it's very true. That's ancient history now. But watching for every step the Eagles rise, and I think that we can say that, I mean, at least going back to the T.O. McNabb Eagles, this is the high point of the Eagles as a franchise. This no moment, question. Right now, at this moment right now. And it just happens to correspond to the other three teams in the NFC East create unforced errors, you know, creating their own grave in addition to having some misfortune. So it's been quite a thing to watch. But five games left is still an eternity. So you, you enjoy this, but you almost wish it was week 17 instead of week 13 if you're an Eagles fan because things the, the wheel turns quickly in this league. Very true. I think a lot of people are worried about the peaking too early. This team's just so good, and they're dominating teams right now. It's, it's hard to foresee that, but I, I totally get it. Either way, I love, love that all these other NFC East teams suck ass, for lack of better phrasing. And it's so crazy to think that with the whole Chip Kelly thing that, you know, a year and a half, two years later, whatever it is, uh, this team is the most it was a yard stable. Sale. It's crazy. They were having a yard sale. He got rid of everybody. Re, you know, the whole organization was a different place. It was just crazy. And then to be back and and to be the most stable in the NFC East easily now and into the future. It's um, it's awesome and, and certainly crazy. Funny enough, uh, uh, luckily, as uh, somehow, some way, we always seem to have perfect segues on this yeah. show. Uh, for those who don't know, Sigmund and I will run through the entire week 13. Crazy. It's week 13. I say it every week, but this is we're, – we're in the teens. It's nuts. Um, but uh, week 13, and also for most people, the last week before the fantasy playoffs start. So a really big week here. Uh, so we'll run through the whole slate and then later on have a little fun going inside Sigmund's mind. But uh, as I said, perfect segue, Sigmund, the Thursday nighter, tonight's game. The Washington Deadskins heading into take on the Dallas Cowboys. Um, as much as from a NFC's perspective, this game means nothing. Um, some fantasy relevance here, potentially. Potentially. But now we're to that part of the season where what happens when two teams that have nothing to play for get together? And I, I think that these teams have nothing to play for, but Dallas is much more bottoming out. Their offense hasn't scored 10 points in the last three weeks. We don't trust anybody. I think even Des Bryant is tough to trust. Even uh, Jason Witten, ups and downs, maybe in a PPR league, you know he's going to get a lot of targets. Uh, it's a decent matchup for tight ends. On the Washington side, you like Kirk Cousins' matchup a lot better. He's on the fringe of the top 10 or top 12 quarterbacks. Jamison Crowder, even in the pouring rain they played the first time these two teams matched up, had nine for 123. He's coming off of his best game of the year. You like Jamison Crowder. Vernon Davis is still on the fringe of startable tight ends, even after the goose egg that he gave us on Thanksgiving. Samaj P. Ryan, it's all on the Washington side. You know, Samaj P. Ryan's getting his 20-plus carries a game. Washington has a balanced offense. So the parts of the Washington offense are looking a lot better here. But what we're going to learn about both of these teams is how they're going to answer the bell without anything to play for. And I think Washington is much better situated to do that right now than Dallas. Totally agree. I mean, Dallas has looked 
not just, you know, like a, 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 not a playoff contender the last few weeks. I mean, they've looked like one of the worst teams in football the last few weeks. That defense is atrocious. I love it, Washington offensively this week. Josh Jackson, a nice kind of home run play this week, too, is um, Dallas can't cover anybody right now. But uh, I'm with you. This is great. It's going to be fun for Eagles fans to just sit back on Thursday night and laugh. Uh, all right, let's get into the main slate. We've actually got some good games to talk about this week, Sigmund. The first one, especially here, as uh, we look at a 9-2 uh, and two Minnesota Vikings squad heading into Atlanta to take on a resurgent Falcons team. You're starting to see all the, the Falcons are backstories. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about this one? Really interesting matchup this week. It is. And we're going to see at least three good NFC matchups this week and next week. There's seven playoff teams in the NFC and six spots. There's three or maybe four playoff teams in the AFC and yeah. six spots. Um, so these teams, you know, this maybe is how, two in the AFC. Legitimately, yeah, the, same, right? the same two that there's always been, it appears. So, Minnesota's defense is strong and maybe Mike Zimmer and his straight talking he's a genius maybe because he won't commit to Case Keenum and and it's making Case Keenum at least it appears there's a connection as Case Keenum's playing the best football of his life right now uh and I think that Atlanta's defense without Desmond Trufant really fell off in the second half against Tampa last week so you're loving uh, you know Keenum is is, it's certainly in consideration to start if you don't have a, a stone cold lock to start Thielen Diggs, Latavius Murray scoring a touchdown every week. Kyle Rudolph is finding his way back to the end zone. Uh, even Jarek McKinnon, because this is on that fast track in Atlanta. And again, Atlanta's defense, it was showing cracks last week. The interesting side, the tougher side to gauge is Atlanta against Minnesota's very tough defense. And yeah, Steve Sarkeesian and Matt Ryan, they got some things worked out. But this is against the the legion of, of, of whimper and the Tampa Bay Bucks, <laughs> and and against uh, Dallas when Dallas was swirling down the drain. This is going to be a little bit different. So it's a little bit dicier playing Matt Ryan. Uh, Julio Jones, you're going to play him, but he's locked up with Xavier Rhodes. Uh, you've got Mohamed Sanu maybe getting one of the better matchups here. Devontae Freeman's going to be back, so this backfield's going to be split. I don't know if you can trust either of those guys. So this is going to be a test where a month ago the story in Atlanta was play-calling, offensive identity it just wasn't there it seems like it was there but will it be there against minnesota i'm not so sure yeah it's a great point i don't think this atlanta offense has been tested really in this you know quote-unquote resurgence uh seattle's defense not what it used to be all right moving on a uh, a game that has relevance to at least one team and i guess the other kind of in this weird afc shuffle Maybe not completely out of it, but probably as the Houston Texans head in to take on the, I guess, AFC South leading Titans, uh, though they don't look very good, Zygmunt. Yeah, again, file this under, they are a playoff team. Yeah. uh, And, well, that just shows you where we're at in the AFC at this point. Uh, I would say that on on the Texans side, you know, we're seeing if Tom Savage can play for his job. Uh, he has to limit turnovers. DeAndre Hopkins is never going on a bench any on any lineup. A jugs machine could be the quarterback, and we're still <laughs> going to play DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, otherwise, on the Houston side, it's pretty boring. You know, we know what Lamar Miller's going to give us. It's like Frank Gore, Lamar Miller changed the the names. It's 60, 80 total yards, maybe a touchdown. Tennessee side, this is maybe the most disappointing going Atlanta to Tennessee. Disappointing offenses and. Mm-hmm. No matter how good the matchup is, we can't get induced to playing Marcus Mariota. He's on fantasy probation. The split backfield makes both Murray and Henry. If Henry just would get 20-plus carries a game, we'd be happy to play him. But Tennessee doesn't seem willing to do that. 
We're going to watch Rashard Matthews and his hamstring situation. But Corey Davis, it's just the engine's not turning over for, for the rookie. Delaney Walker, he, he's your shelter on this side. Tennessee needs to hold serve, though, to keep that playoff spot. And hopefully we'll see, much like Mike Zimmer, you know, it, it, Malarkey's a genius. He's been <laughs> saving Derrick Henry for December in the playoff, uh, right? Yeah, right? totally. Totally. Yeah, who doesn't think Mike Malarkey's a genius? Um, he came up with the phrase exotic smash mouth football yeah. segment. Less exotic, more smash mouth. Yeah, right? they, yeah, for sure. All right. A team that uh, looked like a clear cut, no doubt playoff team all of a sudden, uh, potentially in trouble even in their own division, even uh, as the Kansas City Chiefs losers of five out of six heading into New York to take on a uh, surprisingly plucky, frisky, whatever you want to call them, Jets yeah. team. How do you feel about this one? Yeah, that's a testament to Todd Bowles, too. And I think that the teams that are playing for nothing, uh, we're not going to see the Jets give up. We didn't see them do that last week. And, you know, if they'd won last week, five and six, you're in the thick of it in the AFC. So I I don't expect them to roll over in this one. Robbie Anderson, Temple, got to mention Temple always. damn right, Sigmund. Yeah, Temple's finest. Oh, man. I mean, he really looks like one of the two or three best deep ball artists in the NFL right now. And Josh McCown is giving him lots of opportunities. Uh, and I think with this offense becoming more vertical, Jermaine curse is someone we at least consider a little more, uh, on the other side, and, and, and McCown also, you know, if you're in those two quarterback super flex leagues, he's been a fantastic surprise on the Kansas city side. You're sticking with Travis Kelsey, obviously you're probably going to stick with Tyreek Hill because the jets have been burned deep a few times. Uh, Kareem hunt, is like Marcus Mariota. I think he's on fantasy probation at this point, and I, I don't blame you for benching him. And if he goes up off on your bench, then you've got someone maybe you can trust again for the playoffs. And I'm not sure we can trust Alex Smith at this point either. And I I, I don't think we're going to see Patrick Mahomes this year because that's just not the way Andy Reid rolls, as he put it. But at the same time, uh, it it could and it would be potentially brilliant in hindsight because the. Chiefs offense looks depressed. You know, they look like the Rams offense did last year where they feel like they know they're going to fail before they snap the ball. And that's tough to watch. Yeah, it's I think the Chiefs offense from what we saw weeks one through five to where they are now is the most surprising thing that has happened this season. They looked awesome and creative and all that. And now it's like, Oh, we can't beat a cover too. It's like, what, right. what is that? Like, right. so I'm with you. It's been a, a big surprise. And, and I think any move right now um, would, would make a difference. And the, and by the way, the Patriots defense has become one of the best defenses. Yeah. But the, see, and that was way more predictable though. It's like shocking. The, uh, an, uh, an all time great defensive genius figured it out. Yeah. Who could have seen that coming? I guess Andy Reed, Andy reading who could have seen that coming uh, right. as well. All right, uh, moving on, Sigmund, the, uh, a team that uh, one of the bigger disappointments, not that anyone expected too much with the quarterback situation, but the Denver Broncos have been, uh, especially defensively, I think far worse than anyone thought, heading in to take on a, I don't know if you call them a disappointment, but another not good football team in the Miami Dolphins. Uh, anything exciting in this one for you? Not really. Trevor Simeon's starting again, so maybe you can play Marius Thomas. Yeah, right. Uh, Demarius Thomas, maybe you can play Emmanuel Sanders on the Miami side. I would expect 
Denver's defense to get a little revenge here. Jay Cutler and this offense has been kind of lumbering anyway. Jarvis Landry, you can trust every week, but otherwise, Kenyon Drake's going to get most of the touches in the backfield with Damian Williams out. So you need a, a desperation running back to maybe or a flex play. He can help you. But this is the game where you just turn the channel and uh, move on to another one because these are two teams that it's it's going bad. It's getting worse every week. And these games, they're interesting because sometimes these games for fantasy football end up being 35-31 shootouts because the defenses are having a lot of lapses. Mm-hmm. But more often, they're just bad football, bad execution, and everybody coming up short of expectations. Yeah, that's what I'm expecting here, especially with a team like Dolphins really just never seem to have those shootout-type games. Uh, I guess the Broncos as well. I, I, I would lean more towards the uh, ugly all-around but less scoring than a shootout, but... You never know it to be a football. Uh, all right, moving on. Uh, another game that pits a uh, a team that is out of it and not good versus a team that's certainly in it, but big loss last week as the Jags coming off that um, surprising loss. The Blaine Gabbert revenge game uh, in Arizona hosting the uh, the hapless Colts. Uh, what do you think about this one? Not a lot of fantasy excitement in this one, Sigmund. Yeah. Yeah, right. And, and I think we're, we're stepping far away from Indianapolis, except for Jack Doyle. Um, on the Jacksonville side, they actually have a pretty easy schedule left against the pass. So can Blake Bortles earn some trust from us? Can Marquise Lee, maybe even D.D. Westbrook, earn some trust uh, for deeper leagues? You know, some fringe plays, two quarterbacks, super flex leagues. Can Bortles do that? Running like a gazelle in the red zone last week. Uh, and. The other thing, you know, we'll watch Leonard Fournette. Obviously, he's in our lineup. TJ Yeldon is continuing to play a big, bigger role. But the football story here, as you said, there's Pittsburgh and there's New England. There's two playoff teams, same as it ever was. Jacksonville wants to be that team with a puncher's chance in the playoffs. And you have to be able to dispose of a team like Indy at home. So this is a test for them to show that at least in the AFC power structure, they're one of the teams that deserves to be in the playoffs. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, they need to win and they need to win this decisively in my mind for anyone to realistically take them seriously heading into the playoffs. This is the type of game you got to, you know, especially coming off that loss they had. Uh, And I agree from a fantasy perspective, not a lot to be excited about. I do love Jack Doyle just based on the volume. Uh, All right. uh, Tampa Bay heading into Green Bay. Another one. Uh, Jamal Williams, I guess, kind of busting out, but not much in this one to get excited about either segment. No, uh, Jameis Winston, yay. Uh, Tampa Bay lost two of their starting offensive linemen. Their backfield, with or without Doug Martin, is a fantasy desert. You'll play Mike Evans. The tight end situation is in flux. Bray could be better. Uh, Now, actually, the Harvard-to-Harvard connection didn't work for him. He needs the Florida Florida State-to-Harvard connection. On the Green Bay side, Brett Hundley turned a corner, or maybe it's just that the Steelers have four or five breakdowns a game, and he was patient enough to find them. Uh, but it may, it certainly make Devonte Adams has actually gained value with Brett Hundley. Jamal Williams controlling that backfield at this point, it looks like he's going to get the start again. He's a solid running back too. He's getting a, a lot of action as a receiver out of the backfield, and you would expect against Tampa's defense that, that is really falling apart at this point that Green Bay will have some success, win this week, win next week, and, and set up a potential. Aaron Rodgers returns in weeks 15, 16, 17, gets wins, gets them to the playoffs, and you have Aaron Rodgers in the playoff bracket. Anything can happen. Yeah, a.k.a. Eagles fans' worst nightmare. (gasps) Uh, Aaron Rodgers, the only guy I don't want to see. All right, let's move on before we put any more bad Aaron Rodgers juju out there. Luckily... 
Green Bay's not very good. I think they might win this week, though. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, a game that actually has some relevance for both teams, even though both on the uh, – one, a playoff team as of now, but both really on the fringe of the race as the Detroit Lions head into Baltimore. And uh, another one that could uh, be quite the ugly affair, Sigmund. Yeah, n- not a lot of offense in this one, I think. Um Looking at the Detroit side, Mar- Marvin Jones and I had him on my bench in a few leagues. I'm willing to admit it. I thought, you know, after yeah, Xavier that was Rose that was the move, Xavier Rhodes. What happened? Yeah, brutal. Well, what happened and Golden Marvin Tate Jones. kills everybody. Exactly. So we're going away from Golden Tate. We're going towards Marvin Jones in this one. Um, Matthew Stafford is still hovering around that quarterback ten range. You're probably playing him, knowing if he did that against Minnesota, uh, the, even against another tough defense like Baltimore, he'll be good. Uh, on the Baltimore side. You have a three-way backfield now. You got Joe Flacco at quarterback. You, the Den, the Detroit defense, even on the road. This is one where you want to start the fantasy defenses. The defenses might outscore the offenses in this one. And as you said, these are two teams that are still in playoff contention. And you know the Ravens actually have uh, after they get Pittsburgh in prime time, the street fight game uh, next week. They're going to get Cleveland and Indianapolis. So Baltimore. You win this game, and they're looking like a team that can come in and play spoiler in the playoffs. Because once you get to the playoffs, you know Baltimore seems to find their best football. It's so true. I mean, Joe Flacco, unbelievable how bad he looks. But uh, I agreed that I think uh, no one would be excited about that. Those guys have the experience. Harbaugh's a good coach. All that jazz. All right, another game here on the slate that has two potential, one playoff team for sure, and another playoff contender duking it out. The fact that the other's a playoff contender, a shock, both before the season and how the season has played out uh, as the Patriots head into Buffalo. Brady has absolutely owned the Bills in yeah. Buffalo. Does that continue, Sigmund? Yeah, it does. And I think that we're going to see that while Buffalo's not as bad as they were whenever they had Nathan Peterman in, uh, <laughs> they just happened to catch Kansas City when Kansas City was declining faster than they were. I, I think that while Tredavious White has been a good story, you're going to see New England have the game plan to really take apart Buffalo's defense, both on the ground and through the air. Deion Lewis is back in the top form in 2015 that made him uh, someone that was in our lineup every single week. Uh, and obviously Rex Burkhead has that role. Uh, my colleague Matt Waldman described Lewis and, and Burkhead as, uh, the, you know, the, the discount Kamara and Ingram, basically. Hmm. And you're going to play them That's both. That's pretty good, actually. Even the way that they're used in the offenses, it's similar. And Cooks and Gronk and Brady. On the Buffalo side, you know, maybe there's a game script here where Tyrod Taylor has to play more wide open in the second half to catch up. And you know, maybe that fuels Charles Clay a little bit. Maybe that fuels Zay Jones, closest thing they have to a wide receiver you can play. It will be the LaShawn McCoy show. And you can run on the Patriots right now since they lost Dante Hightower. Their run defense hasn't been as good. But you would expect this one to be a, – a, what is it? Like 42 to 20 or so that sounds about right yeah yeah absolutely something in that range i totally agree with you on all fronts here as uh, uh as we said before the the patriots figured it out on defense they're definitely a force to be ragging with down the stretch as usual uh, and totally agree i think both burkett and lewis are playable which is uh which is crazy because you know pat's running backs and all that uh, speaking of the Pats, nice little segue here as the last of the one o'clock games features a former one making his first start out in San Francisco. The Jimmy Garoppolo led 49ers head in to take on a awful Bears team. Uh, a, what do you think about the game? But more importantly, is Garoppolo startable? 
How many – there's certain neighborhoods – James, you, you're in the Philly area. You and I both know in certain neighborhoods there's going to be a lot of San Francisco 49ers jerseys sold over the next few weeks, yeah? Oh, yeah. Philly, Boston, New York <laughs> City, my where I grew up, Pittsburgh. You know, they, we had Franco's Italian Army when I was a kid, and now it's Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, so that's the real story of this game as far as I'm concerned. Um, Agree. You know, we'll get to see what Garoppolo can do. A wing and a prayer for Marquise Goodwin to catch a couple of deep balls. Carlos Hyde still belongs in our lineup because he's just a badass. Uh, but I don't know that Garoppolo will dump off the ball to Hyde as often as C.J. Beathard did. On the Chicago side, it's going to be a ton of Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard, 25 carries in this one. I'll watch to see. Two weeks ago, the Bears' offense was refreshing. Uh, well, Gaines put in some plays that asked Mitchell Trubisky to do some play fakes, some ball handling, some patience, and he, he exhibited all those things. And then, oh, the Eagles happened last week. So, <laughs> so we'll see whether they can get back on track and, and show some inventiveness and show some of the things that made them want to move up and take him number two overall. Uh, and, and the Bears have been very competitive at home this year. So I would expect the Bears to be able to control this game as, as this is more of an extended practice for Garoppolo. I think it's a great point about the Bears at home. Both their big wins, the Steelers and the Panthers, came at home. Much, much tougher team at home. Um, but yeah, man, the Eagles, that was like a soul-crushing defensive performance against the Bears last week. No first downs in the first half. Six rushing yards for Jordan Howard. But I'm with you. I think he gets back on track, and I'm very excited to see Garoppolo. I think Garoppolo is going to be really good. Obviously, he doesn't have a lot around him now, but ultimately – I like what I see in him. All right, uh, moving on to the 4 o'clock and beyond slate. As uh, uh, all of a sudden, the Los Angeles Chargers in the thick of the playoff race after an 0-4 start hosting uh, the opposite of that, the the 0-4 start that just kept going, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Starting all your Chargers, I'm assuming? Yeah, this is one. uh, Keenan Allen... Melvin Gordon, maybe even Austin Eckler. Hunter Henry will give him another chance after what he did on Thanksgiving. Obviously, Phillip Rivers on the Brown side. It's the return of Flash Gordon. And I, I'm not starting him this week, but I'm trying to pick him up if I have room to see what happens. They say he ran a 4-3-5 in practice. And Whoa. he is the kind of guy who can just you know get uh, coming off the street. And, and he's got uh, Deshaun Kaiser, who's a, a great deep ball thrower, uh, has, has got great natural arm strength. So Kaiser, Coleman, Gordon could make this offense more interesting down the stretch, maybe not against the Chargers and their pass rush. That's something that I'll watch. But I've got to point out that you mentioned the 0-4 start, and we talked about this on our show, and I might have mentioned this. I can't even remember who I saved what to who now, but the Chargers, they, they shut out the Broncos earlier this year, and it was the Broncos' first time they were shut out since 1992, which was also the year that the Chargers, that the Chargers went 0-4 and, 0-4 and, made, and the made the playoffs. The exactly. only team to do it in the Super Bowl era, which is really uh, – I love that. I, 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 I love that stat, and I hope the Chargers do it just so we could have the double. The double. Philadelphia, the song of the year that year was Boys to Men, End of the Road. So while it is the end of the road for Eli Manning, maybe it's something about Eli Manning's aura getting all – frazzled and jumbled that lets Philip Rivers spread his wings and, and finally make a run. <laughs> James, oh my what, God. The, what, the, all of it, the Chargers are going to win the Super Bowl this year. Right? Oh, well, but throw the records out. Okay. If we just look at the rosters of the Chargers, Steelers and Patriots. Totally. The no. can hang. Yeah. Well, especially because like obviously Rivers is legit and, and still looks really good, but 
But the Bosa Ingram thing, yeah. I mean, we saw the Giants win a Super Bowl with, you know, that type of thing. A, a quarterback who can make some plays when needed and a defensive line that, that was dominant. You can beat the Patriots if you can get pressure with your front four. And obviously, they can get pressure with their front four. That's no yeah. problem for the Chargers. No, I think, uh, I mean, they're both great. Joey Bosa, I think, the next great, all-time great pass rusher, yeah. provided he stays healthy. I mean, he is... Un- from the moment he stepped on an NFL field, has been unbelievably dominant, like J.J. Watt dominant. Exactly. So awesome. Uh, all right, moving on, a, uh, a game that, again, uh, one of these two teams, and much less hope here in my mind than the Chargers, but still sitting there at 5-6 and six as well with a win over the Chiefs. The Oakland Raiders still in it somehow. Don't look good doing it, hosting the aforementioned dumpster fire Giants. Right, and I think that's the story here. What does Geno Smith do? How do the Giants respond after already giving up on their coach once this year? The Raiders, with no Cooper, no Crabtree, hey, run the offense through Marshawn Lynch. It worked against Denver, and and certainly you're going to want to have Marshawn Lynch in your lineup, and he can finally start to play some dividends for us. Is That should be enough. Give Marshawn Lynch 25 or 30 touches. That should be enough. And the way it's building for Oakland, uh, you know, they – are going to hang around, and if they can continue to win, I believe they have one more game left with the Chargers. Uh, if the Chiefs continue to decline, then they may—you you never know—that narrative may be kept alive. But oh, the Eagles are there in Week 16, the Kenny King revenge game. Oh, buddy, Christmas night, no less. That should be a, a fun one. I'm excited to see all the. Uh, black and silver, if there is any, but um, uh, definitely looking forward to that one. Uh, all right, moving on. Uh, the uh, other, we have uh, two more, a few more actually, r- really good games. I think this one uh, right there at the top of the list as the Panthers heading into New Orleans, a crucial matchup in the NFC South as the Saints won the first matchup of the two. How do you see this one shaking out? Interesting matchup with yeah. this Panthers defense against the Saints offense. Yeah, I'm, I'm worried about the Saints. And I, you know, I just came back from New Orleans and got to be in a sports bar with everybody whenever they came back against Washington. And that was great. But, you know, is that going to be the high point of their season? Because the defense is in decline. Drew Brees isn't threatening defenses downfield the way he had been. Uh, you, from a fantasy standpoint, Thomas, Ginn, you're going to play all the hits here. Kamara, Ingram. Brees is more of a fringe quarterback. I mean, I would play golf over Breeze. I totally know? agree with you. You know, I, I'm not looking at Breeze as an automatic start now. And the Panthers do have some vulnerabilities downfield, but I'm not sure that this Saints offense is set up to uh, take advantage of those. And they're going to be really taking the bull by the horns by using those running backs and focusing on that the Panthers front seven on the Panthers side. This is just a team that finds a different way to win every week. Winning ugly is just fine by them. And they've got, you know, uh, Cam Newton to Devin Funches. That connection's working. Funches stays in our lineup. Christian McCaffrey, I believe now we're finally, it took a while. We're finally starting to see McCaffrey used in a way that gets him in space and allows him to be more explosive. And if Cam Newton can get dialed in a little bit better on the short passing game, on those short touch passes, then he could become a real weapon, a la Alvin Kamara in this one. So I I would love to see the Saints make a run this year. But in the musical chairs of the NFC, I'm afraid that this team might be on the decline right now. On the defensive side of the ball, without Marshawn Lattimore, they lost Alex Okafor. 
the you saw the change when Lattimore went out against Washington and total breakdowns and, and a really really tough time stopping the run and just in general the Saints turned back into the team we saw the first two weeks of the year so I, I would say that the Panthers have a good chance in this one but all these teams have to turn around and play tough games again next week yeah, totally agree on the Lattimore thing. I think if you want his best case for defensive rookie of the year, look at how they have played with him on the field and without him, he has been a legit difference maker. And and uh, and the Breeze thing, man, all you had to do is is watch the games. Like he the, he's still smart and and recognizes things and 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 makes great you know decisions, but. He just doesn't have the same arm strength that he used to and the same zip. Like it it's it's noticeable and I, I'm with you, Sigmund. He has not been challenging downfield the same way he used to, and it, it doesn't have the same sort of dynamic feel. They're really relying on that running game, and this is a tough matchup for that. All right, moving on. A few more games here left on the slate as we move to Arizona as the uh, Rams, who who really handled the Saints last week, heading into a, a divisional matchup against a white-hot Blaine Gabbert-led Cardinals. Well, maybe not white-hot, but they won a game, Sigmund. Yeah, hey, Blaine Gabbert had the best fantasy performance against Jacksonville of any quarterback so far this year. And, uh, of course he did. Like, yeah. of course he did. Well, and I mean, in a year when Ricky Seals-Jones and Austin Eckler can have fantasy relevance, then Blaine Gabbert can absolutely be a good fantasy quarterback. And, I, you know, the Rams defense is underrated, so I'm not necessarily going back to the well with Gabbert here, but I think that can help Larry Fitzgerald, can help Adrian Peterson. And the Cardinals are one of those teams with Bruce Arians at the helm that haven't given up, even though they're not going to the playoffs. I don't know if we're going to see David Johnson again this year, though. Uh, and, and the Rams righted the ship after a tough game at Minnesota. Uh even without Robert Woods, and we may see Patrick Peterson cancel out Sammy Watkins, but you still have Cooper Cup, who's probably in line for a massive game in this one. Uh, you still have Todd Gurley, and Todd Gurley is, is playing outstanding football. Jared Goff is playing outstanding right now, and I would expect Arizona – you know, to give them all they can handle. Uh, but this is a Rams team that has kind of graduated and really shows how much coaching matters. The difference between this year and last year, I think, is maybe the most stunning transformation of any team on both sides of the ball. Coaching matters isn't just about Sean McVay. It's also about Wade Phillips. Totally agree. I mean, they're both amazing. And and, and McVay with the, you know, uh, lack of an ego to let Phillips just run the defense completely. And he does what he does best. That shows real leadership to me. I've been really impressed with him, especially at his age. Uh, but I can't gloss over the fact that you just made the most unexpected. To, if you want to know why 2017 has been a weird football season, quote unquote, Sigmund Bloom just said, Blaine Gabbert can absolutely be a good fantasy quarterback. Yeah. That's all I needed to hear. He 2017. It's unbelievable, man. Um, unbelievable. All right. Uh, Sunday nighter, obviously relevant to us here in Philly, a big one here, a big test. Even though the Seahawks team not quite the same as uh, you know the most fearsome Seahawks team, still a tough place to play. The Eagles heading in there. Uh, do the Eagles keep rolling, Segman? That's the big question here, and we're going to see this team's metal tested a little bit because they're doing what dominant teams are supposed to do. They're mopping the floor with inferior competition, and this is one of those questions where, as a fan, a lifelong diehard Steelers fan, and watching the Mike Tomlin Steelers year after year, they read their own press clippings. You know, Mike Tomlin mm -hmm. will abs. Are you a, a, a nice, cruder way to put it? Be like, you know, you, they like the smell of their own farts. You know, sure. I mean, yeah. it's it's just this idea that you know Bill Belichick would never tolerate 
talking about a game except next week's game. And we don't know – teams take on the personality of their head coach and their quarterback, okay? So we, we're going to see what the Eagles have absorbed from Carson Wentz, who was a champion in college. Yep. We're going to see what they've absorbed from Doug Peterson, who get to, got to study under a, a very stoic head coach. So mm-hmm. they should be a stoic team going into this one, and they should be feeling like they haven't even clinched a playoff berth yet. That, For what it's worth, that has absolutely been the mentality from them to the public. You know, who knows, right. you know, whatever. But that is that has been the company line. We have achieved nothing, you know, right. all that kind of stuff. We're, so, we're still underdogs, all that. It's a very – football's a very emotional game. And if the Eagles believe that they've gained some status so that they – will play better just because they're a, a team that has the record and, and and has done what they've done this year. The the Seahawks will wake them up very quickly in this one. Although obviously the Seahawks defense is vulnerable, but the narrative of change here where we would have said, Oh, how can Carson Wentz handle the crowd and the noise and the defense? Now it's more like, how can the defense slow down Carson Wentz and company? But obviously Al- Alshon Jeffrey uh, is has now gotten to cruising altitude as far as our lineups and his production. You can't really go near this backfield, although it's it's this is more of a classic Bill Belichick backfield. At least Belichick has boiled his down to two, but now we're at three and sometimes four, which is just a nightmare for fantasy. But it's good for this team. Wentz is one of the three or four quarterbacks that you start every week, no question. On the Seattle side, you know it's going to be the Russell Wilson show. You know that Jimmy Graham is basically like Jerome Bettis. You know, if it's inside the five, they're going to keep calling. Yep, that's so true. Uh, Doug Baldwin is on the decline. I, I wouldn't blame you. Look, Philadelphia, it's not just the run defense. They have been unbelievable at limiting downfield passing this year. They've and been they, terrific. They just got Ronald Darby back in addition. So, and, they, and for the most part, except for the linebackers, another thing this team has had going forward is, is for the most part, injury-free. So you've got all hands on deck in that defensive line. You've got that secondary intact now. And uh, Russell Wilson's going to try to pull a rabbit out of a hat. And, and, and for fantasy, that's great because you know he's going to put up numbers. But otherwise, you know, we'll watch it. Mike Davis might be back here. We'll see if there's somebody that can create some value in that backfield. Uh, but this is one that will be good to sit back, close the windows in your browser of your fantasy matchups, and, and just enjoy this game and learn about where these teams are at this point. Totally agree. Very, very much looking forward to it. From my favorite team to yours, Monday Night are the Steelers heading in to take on a, uh, a not-dead-yet Cincinnati team. How do you see uh, this classic uh, AFC North battle ha- uh, playing out here on Sunday night or Monday well, night. Yeah. Th- you know, this could be an old banana on the tailpipe for me to fall for this, but I, I do think the Steelers pass offense has turned a corner. And even though Roethlisberger's road splits have been terrible, I think it's often these uh, 1 PM Eastern road starts. Prime time is still a, a time that this team always rises to the occasion. So Roethlisberger to Brown, if Juju Smith-Schuster isn't playing, Martavis Bryant deserves some consideration. And you obviously have Le'Veon Bell. Uh, Cincinnati's going to try to get some pressure and, and, and rattle Roethlisberger. But, you know, we just see they almost feel invincible when you're throwing the ball to Antonio Brown, who you want to see what a hall. I just want to I'm going to use this platform to say you want to see what a Hall of Fame level football looks like. That's Antonio Brown. I mean, that's if there's a Hall of Fame and he's not in it, that that just it's not it doesn't apply because now for four years he's set the bar for all wide receivers in the nfl which is saying something in an era where you've got aj green julio jones uh deandre hopkins uh he's still setting the bar on the cincinnati side 
you know, the Steelers show that there are breakdowns and in, in, in things to take advantage of. And it, it's just a question of keeping Andy Dalton upright long enough for him to be able to find those uh, at AJ Green. And, and then Joe Mixon is now in our circle of trust. I think he's getting 20 plus touches a week and he's making it happen with this offensive line. So this is a good one because it's kind of like the Buffalo game where this is Cincinnati Super Bowl. They're five and six. They have to win this game to stay alive. These teams hate each other. They hate each other in the AFC North. And it's, there's going to be a lot of emotional intensity in both of these primetime games. I totally agree with you. And the Antonio Brown thing, a uh, uh, million percent agree. I mean, uh, so much that, you know, he never gets, you know, talked about the precision, his route running, like the best route runner I have seen in Maybe my lifetime like yeah. that, you know, other than Jerry Rice, I'll say like that great a route runner and the, his ability to find, you know, soft spots and zones. And uh, it's just I, I don't I, I don't remember someone who just had the ability to always get open no matter what the cover Marvin was. Harrison. Yeah, I'm Marvin Harrison's a good example for that. But Brown, it's Brown, a better not- receiver, in my opinion. Yeah, well, it's just because it's not based on physical advantages. He's not winning because he's bigger or stronger or faster or quicker. He he just understands the position, and he also has preternatural, like once a generation body control. Um, but it's been an amazing thing, and I'll meet all y'all in Canton whenever Antonio Brown is inducted. Yes, hopefully we'll we'll figure out a way to meet before then. But definitely yeah. in for that. All right. Uh, again, uh, follow him on Twitter at Sigmund Bloom and, of course, footballguys.com and the Audible. Him and Cecil Lamy, great podcast. Certainly worth your time. All right, Sigmund, uh, we will get back to the classic edition this week of yes. Inside the Mind of Sigmund Bloom. I'm sure one more time before the end of the season, we'll have a little more fun with going inside my mind. But uh, we're going to go back to the old school four pack of just random questions. But I like these ones this week. I think they're fun. Um, So we will start off with um, in honor of uh, Mr. Neil Dutton, who was kind enough to fill in for you last week. Neil's great. Follow his stuff over at rotoviz.com. Fantasypros.com does a lot of work. And Dutton 13 on Twitter. Um, In honor of Neil, of course, is uh, as a, a beautiful, terrific British accent. What is the best accent, Sigmund? Mm. 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 I mean, I did just come from New Orleans. and Strong. Because of that, and I want to say, I think it was Tom Robbins. I'm not sure if it was Tom Robbins, but I think it was. That said that there's a direct connection between the New Orleans accent and the Brooklyn accent. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and, and in a lot of ways, it makes sense. Yeah, That's, I could totally see it. That's that's the first one that popped into my head, really, because it, there's just there's so much life in it. There's so much experience. There's so much you know, it's it's like street smarts or 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 world weariness all all rolled up into one. Although that might you know it might be just because I just came. Yeah, right. Recency you know. bias a little bit or something. But you know, if it wasn't if if it wasn't New Orleans. Oh, there's so many, you know, there's so many great accents, you know, because like the Kiwi accent from New Zealand, it's just like, how could you ever feel threatened or, or, or bothered by anybody that spoke with a Kiwi accent? So, you know, that that one also comes to mind it is the, one of the more underrated accents out there. And one, I think Flight of the Concords did a really good job of 
uh, showing everybody the, the, the charm of the Kiwis. I, I love the Kiwi accent. That would certainly be one of my top answers. Uh, good answer there. I, I totally agree with you. And the New Orleans accent, terrific as well. It is, it's a fun question because there are so many. A British accent, a French, Spanish. I mean, there's so many great ones. But I think Kiwi a, a I'll, I'll disqualify terrific Pittsburgh. answer. I want to disqualify Pittsburgh, too. Because oh my God, from yeah. Pittsburgh, it's like talking with your mouth full of marbles. Yeah, the yinzers are not allowed here. Dropping and, syllables. Yeah, well, we together. can also, I'll be fair and get rid of the whole uh, South Philly Delco water <laughs> thing as well. It's water, but water is fine as well. Uh, all right, Stigman, question number two. If you, could be an any, if you could be an expert in any subject, what subject would you want to be an expert in? I would say um, quantum physics because quantum physics, I believe, uh, maybe not in our lifetimes, but eventually will be revealed to be the uh, endeavor that takes us back to the place where science and philosophy and religion and psychology all reunite again. Uh, I think that quantum physics and the ways the gymnastics that your mind has to do to understand it's much like zen koans or those classic questions that a zen master would give you that you would meditate on for days or weeks and then when you understood the question not really the answer but you just understood the question that you become enlightened and i believe that quantum physics presents a lot of that same thing to us you know the idea that it's a particle and it's a wave um the idea that that truly reality exists in a state of probability until there's an observer uh things that that seem impossible to grasp but if you work your way through it a different layer of understanding what exactly this is that we are in it it, it, it's revealed it emerges and it and it's a science that leads us back to spirituality no joke, that is top five favorite answers yeah. you've ever given for me. That was like perfect, like a perfect answer to that question. I, I, I don't even want to go on, but I'm going to, but that was perfect answer. All right, question number three. Uh, if you were to write an autobiography, what would the title be? Oh. Um, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's pretty good. And then, but it'd be actually be, I don't know what I'm talking about, but dot, dot, dot. That I is, that's, I, I see. I think I would pick that up. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, I think let's that's get one thing out of the way. I don't know what I'm talking about. Now let's have a conversation. Yeah. I love it. Uh, all right. Final question. And, and I can't believe we've talked music a million times, uh, you know, band, you know, or yeah. favorite, all that stuff. I've never asked you this question. It's such a simple question. Obviously, a million different answers, but um, you can always go with the first gut instinct, I feel. But what is your favorite song ever? Ooh, man. Wow. Right? Wow. You know, it's interesting because I've looked at my um, iTunes, you know, to see what songs I have played the most, you know. Mm -hmm. And... um, um, I can look, I could, I, oh, wow. Doing those song analytics. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it, and it certainly narrows it down, right? Um, and I, and I noticed, and, you know, I, I, I found the love of my life and, and, and truly fell in love two years ago. And a lot of the songs 
were about that. You know, I can't help it, which was actually Stevie Wonder song that was on Off the Wall and um, Golden Lady and and Can't Hide Love, Earth, Wind and Fire. A lot, a lot of that stuff. Um, but the one that stands out from because, you know, this is almost not fair, James, because really it's more like, what's your favorite song to listen to at, at 2 a.m.? Absolutely. No, to, and I know that. I, to I to totally agree. Yep. I mean, it, 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 but if I, had to, if I had to just live with just one song at this point, um, it, it'd have to be narrowed down to um, something from the Miles or Coltrane catalog. Um. I think it probably would be uh, and it, and beauty. That's what we're looking for here, beauty. Um, I think it probably would be. I, I can narrow it down to two songs, and it's also the melancholy, the beautiful melancholy. You know, um, and it, and again, I'm circling back to Buddhism here. You know, sorrowful gratitude, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say Naima Coltrane. I'll say Naima. I was wow. I'm, I'm right. I'm I, I totally expected Miles Davis to win out. Yeah, well, and, and it would be flamenco sketches or all blues if it was if it was Miles Davis because those songs are just it's just a place you want to come back to. It's a place. Yeah, I mean, I'm reminded of um, Down by Law. You know that that Jim Jarmusch film with uh, Roberto Benigni when he was really introduced to us, and he would just walk around. He he was an Italian immigrant who didn't really know a lot of English, so he would just say the same thing to everybody. He would say, "It's a sad and beautiful world." And uh, when I listen to Naima, I feel like it's a sad and beautiful world. And th- th- I don't know that there are many truths deeper than below that one. That is why this is my favorite yeah. segment of the week. That's uh, why we're speaking this off into our, its own podcast. Uh, it, it, Basically, yes. Ben Bloom talks about himself. Yes. That, 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 this is like my dream come true, right? <laughs> well, uh, I am certainly there for that. I'm here for that. Uh, awesome, awesome stuff as always. Follow him on Twitter at Sigmund Bloom for more of his uh, analysis and also some some random musings as well. And uh, footballguys.com and, of course, the Audible segment. My man, thank you so much. I'll talk to you next week. Always good. Always good. And I'm, getting, I'm, I'm compiling questions for the next time you want to do one. So feel free to if any if you want to you want me to take the wheel. Yes. Terrific. We will definitely do that. Awesome, awesome stuff from Sigmund. A pleasure to have him back. And again, shout out to Neil Dutton for filling in. Really, really appreciate Neil stepping in in a pinch last week. So again, less of me, more of uh, of not me. Nice. If you do want more of me, shockingly, start sick column for BleedingGreenNation.com will be up tomorrow morning, Saturday, WIP, 730 to 10 o'clock, BGN Radio. And then Sunday morning, John Barchard, myself, and Jack Fritz, We'll be rocking out with the fantasy and gambling and all that good stuff. If you need any help, hit me up on Twitter at James Seltzer. I will do my best. Otherwise, again, good luck to everybody this weekend. Yes, you need a little luck. I would wish you the best of luck, but I believe luck is a concept invented by the weak to explain their failures. That happens. It is fantasy. Whatever superstitions you got. I'm not superstitious, but I'm, I am a little stitious. Now's the time to employ them, whatever you got to do. Ultimately, it's all about winning. Do whatever you got to do to pull this weekend out and just get to the playoffs and figure it out from there. A lot of crazy things can happen in the fantasy playoffs. So just get there. You got to be in it to win it, as a good friend of mine likes to say. All right. Again, less of me. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to Sigmund for all that great time. We will be back next week. We'll be talking fantasy playoffs, which I can't believe. So that'll be next week again. Good luck to everyone. Let's go win some games this weekend. I want winners. And be back next week 
to talk some more. So again, thank you to Sigmund Bloom. Thank you for listening to a week 13 edition of This Week in Fantasy. Thank you.